0: Baby Jessica is real, friends, not a hoax, as John Kimball falsely claimed in the last time we recorded our podcast, which is Election Profit Makers. John, what do you have to say for yourself? You were seeding misinformation, and in the moment, yeah. I just uh, assumed you were right.
1: Yeah, I was trying to get a reaction out of you. Um, I was hoping just by saying that that baby Jessica- her real name is Jessica McClure, uh, was fake. Um, But that is clearly not true. She is real. That was a real thing. And I knew that was a real thing. I was just being facetious and and trying to be funny and just see what David would say. And he didn't say anything. I thought because he didn't hear me, but he told me later on that he did hear me. He just believed me.
0: You're my go-to authority on all news events from the mid to late 80s and early 90s. So I assume- there must have been some follow-up report that I had missed where they said, "Yeah, that baby who fell in the well was a doll. It was all fake. It was Balloon Boy all <laughs> over again."
1: No, so it was. I didn't it, want to. That was to bring
0: Show to a halt to confirm
1: whether or not. Okay, we so I I apologize. I was being way too dry, and that was a, a real thing that happened, and it was scary, and it, but it brought the whole country together. Um, and then I don't know. You know, that was a crazy month. We've talked about this before. October of 1987, a lot of crazy things happened. We had this uh, earthquake in Los Angeles and we had the uh, uh, the Iranians attack some oil platforms. And then uh, baby Jessica was rescued on October 16th on a Friday. And then the following Monday was Black Monday where the stock market dropped 508 points, which isn't a lot today. But then- it was 23% of the stock market's value, which is the biggest one-day drop. So I think it got sort of pushed to the side, and maybe that's why you, you forgot about her.
0: Why did the stock market drop so much on that day?
1: Uh, well, there were a couple of things. The Iranians had done that um, attack the Friday before. Also, there was a giant superstorm that had occurred in England uh the week before and then i think there was just some stuff about um some legislation that uh, the reagan administration was putting up to stop mergers and acquisitions or something and then it just you know it snowballed from there As before is back nowadays they have the these computers that will stop like put these safety brakes and and stop trading uh, so that doesn't happen. But back then, the computers just went crazy and just started shorting everything. And uh, Oh, my God.
0: When the computers go crazy, that's when you're gaining.
1: That's right. And computers back then, they were probably pretty smart. <laughs>
0: you think those were some of the dumbest computers we've ever had?
1: Right? Yeah.
0: I apologize to everyone for my, my slight congestion that I have. I'm still... I'm still making my way out of the, the brambles of COVID. I actually got COVID. I was so pissed because John and I were having a contest to see which of us would be the last man in America to actually get COVID, this accursed ailment. I made the mistake of deciding to prioritize my mental health and becoming super social. And one of the social events I did was go to a very tiny record store where my friend was signing records and no one was wearing a mask, including myself because i thought the worst was behind us 48 hours later i woke up and said god damn it i know what this is this is covid i caught a hot case of covid
1: did you know you yeah, knew? I knew immediately
0: what else was it going to be i haven't been i haven't been sick in 5 years now yeah what else what else could it be
1: yeah it could just be a cold
0: no because it had a little extra flu-y type tingly stuff had a little that, something
1: something
0: yeah it had that little covid extra do you know what i mean
1: no, I don't.
0: Well, it ha- well well played, John. You wouldn't <laughs> know because you're the last person to, to have
1: not had COVID, but you'll, you'll understand when you get it. I am sorry that that happened to you. I do think the worst of COVID is behind us, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be safe out there.
0: I would say to anyone who's – I'm never – this is what I said to my friend. I said I'm never taking off, a ma- I'm never taking off my mask again. I'm going to be so hardcore about masking. I don't care if I look like the biggest maniac, the one person wearing a mask. Because the the maddening thing about it was I didn't have to get this. All I had to do, I know exactly where, I mean, who knows if I know exactly where I got it. But in my mind, I know exactly where I got it. Like to the minute I know when I got COVID. And I was just thinking, you know what? If I had just worn my mask in that damn record store, I would have walked out and not had COVID. You know? Yeah, I guess. um And I bought a copy of Yo, Bum Rush, the show, Public Enemies first album. They re-released it on vinyl, and I bought a copy. And then I got home because I threw it in my courier bag because I biked to the record store. And then I got home, and I fucked up the cover. I creased the cover. It was the worst. How? What a disappointment. Because it must have gotten jostled around in my bag or something. I made a mistake. I made two mistakes that night. Not wearing a mask and not taking proper care of my new purchases. All right. So anyway, in case you've forgotten, the name of this podcast is Election Profit Makers. It's hosted by by two ne'er-do-wells, two bad boys of the podcast game. One's is named uh, Kid Midas, the original wave rider. That'd be me. And the other is his, uh, what we call Ride or Die. And that's yeah. Johnny, Johnny K, Johnny hey. Kimball.
1: Hey, everyone. And that's...
0: And that's John right there talking right now so that you can distinguish between our two voices. I sound like this and John sounds like this. There you go. So, John, I've been on my sofa watching TV in a state of COVID um, exile. What have I missed?
1: What's happened
0: in the world?
1: Not much has happened. Uh, You know, we've uh, we had a big train derailment in Ohio. We've had a a few people, we had Nikki Haley come out and say that she is going to be uh, running for president. Uh, We've had a lot of college basketball. Um, That's about it. Since
0: last we spoke, Joe Biden had his State of the Union address, which seems to have gone much better than anybody had any reasonable expectation of it going. We had made some um, what are known as gentlemen's bets in anticipation yeah. of his speech about certain words. We were doing a homebrew word market in honor of the glory days of the predicted.org word markets.
1: And we nailed it.
0: Well, you nailed it. I You did much better than I did. Let's go over these words that we had wondered if Joe Biden would say. The first, of course, was balloon because this was at the height of Chinese weather balloon mania. Right. I said he would say balloon in the context of a joke. You said no. And in reality, he did not say balloon. So right. that's a point to you.
1: He he brought it up. He brought it up in terms of like security and protecting the homeland or something like that. But there was no way he was going to say balloon. It was just not uh, scary enough. Uh, if he, I could have
0: made it scary. If I had been writing that speech, I could have made it scary. Balloons are <laughs> okay. scary. Balloons are scary. Uh Okay. Next up, deficit. I said he would say it. You said no. In reality- That was
1: so dumb of me b- because I thought <clears throat> I thought he was just going to talk about the debt because the debt is really more important than the deficit. But of course, he's, he said both.
0: So now we're each tied with one word. Mm-hmm. Next up, of course, healthcare. That's a no brainer. We both said he would say it. And indeed he did. That leaves us still tied at one point each. Following healthcare, Social Security slash Medicare. David said yes. John said yes. And in reality, Joe Biden also said yes because he mentioned both of those. Still tied at one to one. Now, here's where things fall apart. The word I chose was muscles. Mm-hmm. Would Joe Biden use the word muscles? Saying something like, and when it comes to manufacturing, the American worker has got his and hers muscles back and flexing in the gym of the economy or something like that. Well, unfortunately, Biden did not say the word muscles during the 2023 State of the Union speech, which means that you get a point because you predicted, in fact, he would not say the word muscles. The score now stands at two to one, John to David. And then another great phrase, one of my favorites, the phrase cars and trucks. Would Joe Biden use the phrase Mm -hmm. cars and trucks? Now, it turns out he did say the word cars, but he didn't say the word cars and trucks. I had said yes, you had said no, Biden's reality indeed was no, so that's now three points to one in favor of John Kimball. And then finally, I don't know why I said this, I predicted for some reason, probably just for audio drama, that Joe Biden would not mention the name of a city.
1: Wait, I thought- was pretty smart. I thought we agreed on that.
0: I think at the last minute I said, you know what, I'm going to say he won't just to make it exciting. Okay. All right. I, I could be misremembering, but in my notes here- I have myself down as no, Joe Biden will not mention a city.
1: Yeah. I think I said a city and then you said, yeah, like Memphis. And I was like, yeah, exactly. So you actually- you
0: said he wouldn't mention Memphis and he did mention Memphis. Wait a minute. I did? I thought you did. I don't know. I don't think- Well, anyway. I thought when you brought brought up that example of
1: Memphis, I thought that was a great idea. Right.
0: He did mention Memphis. Again, I don't know why I said he wouldn't mention a city. So the final tally in the amateur word market for Joe Biden's 2023 State of the Union speech, John Kimball runs away with it, four points to one. Congratulations, Sean.
1: Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Wow. You know, some other things that happened were it turned out that all of these uh, shootdowns, there were a bunch more shootdowns. We shot down a bunch more UFOs and that they were not anything. They were just like hobbyist balloons.
0: We got a little trigger happy. Is that what happened?
1: I guess. I guess they, they, they sort of adjusted the sensitivity of the radar just to see. And then basically everything started showing up and they were like, okay, oh my God, we got it. we there's balloons everywhere. Which of course there are.
0: You think there's more balloons in the sky than we think?
1: Yeah. You know what there's a lot of in the sky? Fucking satellites.
0: I had no idea. Do you know how many satellites Elon Musk has up orbiting the Earth? Like fifteen hundred? It's when did everyone did it? Did anyone have to sign off on what are the rules with space? Does anybody sign off on this stuff, or can anybody just
1: fill space with floating junk? Uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody can because you need the ability to get it into space, which takes money.
0: Like, there's all these satellites orbiting the Earth. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really more than you think it is. It's a lot. Okay. And I couldn't help when I realized I was like, "I don't remember saying that would be okay. I mean, not that I'm king of the world, but you know, like, what what's going to happen in a hundred years if there's too many satellites up there? You know what I mean? Sometimes, John, you have to step back to gain a new perspective. Sometimes you need a week on the sofa with COVID, kind of checked out from life, and then when you return. You, you kind of, it's like coming back down from the mountaintop. You know, I just have a different perspective on yeah. things now. I don't like, think what's that there's up with that many
1: satellites. I don't there's, think there's so many
0: satellites up in the, how many? up in,
1: how many? like 10,000. No, like 5,000.
0: Oh, there's only 5,000 satellites orbiting the earth. Okay. How many planes? Oh, okay, I thought it was going to be a big number. How That's many planes?
1: So many. How many planes are Planes flying? are different than
0: satellites, John. Okay. Because planes come down. Okay. They come down to the airport to get more gas and more food and more All right. And then they go attendants. back up. And how
1: often do the planes right. crash into one another?
0: Never. Not too often. Yeah. I'm not so, worried about satellites crashing into each other. I just think like- Oh, you just think there's just too many. Yeah. Just on the principle. It's like we shouldn't have so much shit up in space floating around on our on planet. It
1: just seems unseemly. Oh, okay. All right. You know well, what I mean? I, yeah. I guess I could get behind that. I thought you were like you. saying from a practical standpoint- and from my perspective, I was like, there's a lot of space up there. You know, there's three dimensions. There's a reason why flying in the air or space, you don't have that many accidents because there's, you know, you're not dealing with two dimensions. You're dealing with three. This ain't flat land. That's the first thing
0: they say in satellite school. <laughs> is that what? Yeah. yeah. They say, hey, fly boy, this ain't flat yeah. land. We can fly in three dimensions. This is fat land. Tom Cruise should say that if they make a new Top Gun movie. He should hold up a copy of that book, Flatland, and say, yeah. all right, pilots, first things first. This book makes no sense. How could anybody recognize someone else's approach in a two-dimensional reality? Flatland is bullshit, and we're going to move in all dimensions. This is Fatland. And then he should press a button, boop, and he should grow a huge belly in his flight suit. And say, I've outfitted all your flight suits with an instant... Ejector bellies to prove the point that this is all about moving in three dimensions. <laughs> okay. How about that?
1: Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: I want your belly to be so big that someone will mistake you as a Chinese weather balloon and try to shoot you down. My name's Maverick. I run mm. this flight school. Super. Did you see that Top Gun movie called Top Gun Maverick? I did. <clears throat> do you think that's going to win best picture? What are the odds there? What do you think?
1: I actually think it that hasn't win. happened yet. I feel like that came out like two years ago.
0: No, the Grammy or the um, which, the Oscars are happening very shortly. They're happening very shortly. They're happening. Okay. They're happening very. They're happening soon. Best Picture. It will be up against. Here we go. Hollywood other Movies. Yeah, it's like ten other movies. Uh, nope. Not nominated.
1: Really. Nope. My dad will be disappointed. That's the only other movie I can think of.
0: Listen to this. Nope, which I think is the best movie I saw last year, received zero Oscar nominations of any kind. That's wild. Wow. That's really wild. Wow. Not even for best- Nothing. Nothing. Gore. Nothing. Not even best Um. special effects.
1: That had a balloon in it, sort of.
0: Hey, you're right. It kind of did, didn't it? Yeah. Had a big kind of fabricy unfurling type of thing, like an exploded balloon.
1: Yeah, you're right. And then they sent some balloon. Well, I mean, spoilers. And stuff, oh yeah, but they did, didn't yeah. they? Interesting. Interesting. It is interesting.
0: Let's talk about the Ohio train derailment, John. I know this is a favorite topic of yours because everybody is, thinks Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg has done a great job on the day of the Ohio. Train derailment, which happened in East Palestine, Ohio. Is it Palestine? I think it's Palestine. It's not Palestine.
1: You know, that was actually one of the places we looked to put a billboard.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah, it was one that was right on the border with oh, um, you're Pennsylvania. Right.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. So on the day of the accident, Pete Buttigieg went on a bunch of different talk shows, but he wasn't talking about the train derailment. He was talking about Chinese weather balloons because it's obviously easy to talk about. He probably loved talking about that. It took your boy Pete 10 days, John, 10 days to comment on the Ohio train disaster, or should I say the toxic Ohio train disaster. Fortunately, because as you know, Mayor Pete is a great communicator. After 10 days of prayerful reflection and and speech writing, he came out and gave the speech of his lifetime where he reassured Americans that actually there's nothing much he can do about train safety. His hands are tied because of uh, legal, the legal particulars of the situation. So score another huge win for Mayor Pete. There is no way this dude will ever be president in a million years. This, guy's, this guy is nothing but bad news for transportation. He's cursed America's transportation.
1: Why was he talking about the balloon? What did he have to do with that? Not Nothing. Okay. On Sunday, he sent a letter to the CEO of Norfolk Southern. Warning. Mm. that the freight rail company must mm. demonstrate unequivocal support for the people of East Palestine, Ohio. What does that mean? He said the time this is he said this is the right time for Norfolk Southern to take a leadership position oh within the God. rail industry, shifting to a posture that focuses on supporting, not thwarting brilliant communicator, efforts <laughs> to raise the standard of U.S. rail safety regulation. No one could have said it better than that. And what was it that he actually said? That's please help, he, please help he, me. He, he, he just, he just <laughs> said please that Norfolk me. Southern Keep needs to take a leadership role in cleaning up. Although I just read a moment ago that apparently the EPA is now taking a leadership role, uh, which is good. Okay, look, I can't defend Buttigieg in this case. Um, We got him, folks. We got him. No, I I know he probably can't do anything. I think he probably makes a decent point in saying, I don't control all of this stuff. Uh, But he at least could have communicated better and quicker because that's what I expect from him. Uh Talk.
0: You don't like this 10-day lag that's not working for you?
1: No, no. I want him to, yeah, be more responsive.
0: Well, I think between the airline stuff- and the train derailment and his late response, giving like Tucker. There was an interesting article in on some website I read. Can't remember which one about how the Biden's White House silence left this huge void that like Tucker Carlson could fill and be like, the reason they're not talking about the train disaster is because it happened in a working working class white area and it's just part of white genocide. Like yeah, they just it's left true. the door wide open for conspiracy theories. It's true. Um, and they've re they've re. They've reorganized the Democratic primary schedule so that Iowa is no longer leading the um primary season your boy Pete will never be president now
1: John I'm sorry it's over no I agree with you there Pete is not going to play in South Carolina yeah so
0: the best laid plans of mice and men and mayors what's his what's his play now now he's got to spend two more years. Leading this department, getting nothing but grief, knowing he has no political future on the presidential level, he's got to be in agony. And I'm here for it. You like when people say that
1: he could he could still become vice president. No, I don't think so.
0: Another major fail for John Kimball's favorite American politician, Pete Buttigieg, in the Ohio train disaster. Yeah. Speaking of other winners that I love, Sean Patrick Maloney, John, you'll remember. The um, Democratic representative from where I used to live, remember when he switched districts to run in a better district and actually wound up losing? Yeah, in New York. Now he's out of a job. The scuttlebutt is Nancy Pelosi wants him to run for labor secretary. Now imagine if Pete Buttigieg was the transportation secretary and Sean Patrick Maloney was the labor secretary. How amazing would that be?
1: Does this guy have any experience in, with that? This
0: guy sucks. Sean Patrick Maloney Sean Patrick Maloney is a stinker. He stinks. That's what I say. <laughs> okay. Do you like that? Yeah, I like that. Pelosi is pursuing Maloney over um Julie Sue, who is the current Deputy Secretary of Labor, who they most people think is the favorite. Turning to the predicted market, of course, we will find no market about who will be the next Secretary of Labor because predicted, of course, has frozen all markets. There are no new markets. We're down to 12, John. I didn't realize that. Two more markets have closed. We've gone from 14 markets to 12 markets. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: And the hot market remains. the Who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination?
0: Trump and DeSantis are now both trading at 38 cents. I'm so far underwater in that. but that's okay. And
1: Haley, Nikki Haley, who announced on January 20th that she will be running, uh, is at Nine cents at the moment,
0: and don't forget Mike Pompeo. No oh God, that guy sucks. Talk about my that guy. personal favorite. He's up one cent from four to five cents. So I made a little. I got a little Mike Pompeo money.
1: I actually think that Nikki Haley could be a buy at nine cents or ten cents. Yeah. Um. Since she has announced her polling has doubled, it's gone from. 2.5% to like 4.7%. That's not huge, but that's like an 80% jump. Uh, and if she can continue that, she needs to get into double digits in order to, uh, you know, finally be considered a contender. But, you know, Trump was somebody who was in single digits at the beginning and then made his way up there. So I would not, oh, you're. Oh, Pompeo went from Two cents to six cents?
0: I bought him at four cents, and now he's at five cents. I think since I added this to the outline, things have changed.
1: Yeah, that shocks me. Uh, I would not be buying Mike Pompeo. I would buy Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump I would not buy, just because they're just too expensive right now.
0: And this is all hypothetical, of course, because you no longer- Play on predict, invest on predicted.
1: Yeah, at the moment. No.
0: Birchwood Palace Industries is a leading manufacturer of original design and photo books. They carry a full range of original titles on video store logos. I will say this is me speaking off the cuff here, relaying a personal anecdote that I, Kid Midas, own Birchwood Palace Industries collection of video store logos from the 80s and 90s. And it is a nice little zine. Uh, We own a full range of original titles on Video Store Logos, knockoff Dr. Pepper Brands, Hippie Toys, Sidewalk Tarot, Frozen Pizza Recipes, Hospital Menu Hotlines, and so much more. Birchwood Palace Industries offers a games-by-mail service called Paper Palace. Sign up to receive a new pencil game to your mailbox every other month with a free piece of scrap paper enclosed. When in Minneapolis, be sure to visit their headquarters on the 23rd floor, John. Yes. Of Normandale Village Plaza Center Tower 1. How do you like that? Birchwood Palace Industries holding it down on the 23rd floor of Normandale Village Plaza Center Tower Number 1. EPM listeners can get a 20% discount on any order by using the coupon code HELICOPTERTONY at checkout. Visit their astonishing online store at birchwoodpalace.com. Thank you, Birchwood Palace Industries, for continuing to support election profit makers. And I really do like my uh, visit video store logo book. It's fun to look at video stores. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, were we ever
1: so young? Yeah. Hey, you know what else is going on? The North Carolina GOP controlled Supreme Court as of last year is going to rehear the Moore versus Harper case. Uh, in case the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't rule their way. Do you know anything about this? Well, I
0: know that Wisconsin, which is where my dad was born, yeah. and North Carolina, which was where I was born, right, are two of the great battleground states now for the future of representative democracy because Wisconsin uh, Supreme Court primaries are today. Wisconsin's been gerrymandered to shit yeah. by the Republican state house. Relatable. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can relate to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same situation in North Carolina. Yeah. So
1: what's going to happen? Well, uh, it's really unusual because the North Carolina Supreme Court had ruled that um, this was not going to be an issue. But now that the Republicans are back in control, they've decided that, no, 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 this is an issue. And they it, it is a case that is... Um, about the independent legislature theory, which That's crazy, yeah, yeah, which is, um, it is an independent state legislature. Doc, hang on, I got the fuck me. <laughs> yeah, this thing sucks. It basically just says that the state legislature, the North Carolina General Assembly or whatever state legislature that is in, in control can do whatever it wants. And it the federal courts and the state courts cannot intervene in any way. Or the way. governor. Or right. the governor in any way. It is a crazy theory that most constitutional scholars say is crazy. Uh, but we don't know how the us supreme court is going to view these things in the future so that is coming up march 14th they're going to uh revisit that it's nuts wisconsin and north carolina
0: unbelievable what are the odds that two of the main states in my family's legacy of the past century would be at the cutting edge of the future of democracy how often does that happen Mm, i don't know Do you think someone could write a magazine profile about me because of that? (laughs) Yeah. Would that be normal?
1: Yeah, that would be good.
0: John, during our last episode, I had wondered aloud why Donald Trump never skipped a State of the Union address like he skipped so many other um, elements of pageantry and tradition within the White House, including, I forgot, I forgot that he totally dipped on Biden's inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. His last pinned tweet, I think, is, oh, and for those of you who are asking, I will not be attending Joe Biden's inauguration. (laughs) What a rebel. He was a real rebel. Anyway, listener Douglas reminded me that the State of the Union address is actually a constitutional requirement. In Article 2, Section 3, Mm -hmm. he shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. So that might offer some insight as to why even Lil Stinker number one, Donald Trump, never uh, skipped a State of the Union. He was bound by the Constitution itself to deliver such an address. Mm-hmm. All right, John, read
1: JD. JD writes in I was struck when David lamented that we have a dearth of giant orbs in our lives to compare to the Chinese spy weather balloon. Let me try to help. The biggest orb I spend any time in is a planetarium but those are small compared to the balloon the moorhead planetarium in chapel hill has a diameter of 68 feet the planetarium at the griffith observatory in la has a diameter of 75 feet and even the huge ball of the rose center for earth and space at the museum of natural history in new york i'm not familiar with that are you
0: Yeah, it's in um, Central Park, I think. I think it's this big futuristic black orb where they have cocktail parties. Oh, okay. I could be way off, but I think that's what he's talking about.
1: Well, that orb is only 87 feet. At 200 feet in diameter, the spy balloon is more than 10 times the size of those planetariums by volume if they were complete spheres. The one giant orb that most listeners will be familiar with is the Spaceship Earth at Disney's Magic Kingdom. But at 165 feet in diameter, the balloon is even bigger a than minute. that.
0: Wait a minute. Is that the Epcot? Is he talking about the Epcot yeah, Center the thing-, thing? Yeah,
1: Epcot, that big- The Chinese balloon is bigger than the Epcot ball? Yeah. No. No Look, way. By volume, you could fit one and three quarters Spaceship Earths inside the balloon it was oh my god that balloon was so gigantic truly a giant orb i see i don't see that Um, i don't think it's do you have
0: orb size blindness uh, it's bigger than the freaking epcot center have you ever been to epcot center yeah it's not that big well so well i respectfully disagree i think it's
1: quite big all right. Do you think the Hindenburg was big?
0: I don't know what the Hindenburg is, was, or
1: ever shall be, John. Okay. What, what was are you talking a about? Zeppelin? It was a, a blimp. Oh, it the one was, that
0: exploded that caught on fire? Yeah.
1: yeah okay. In, in New Jersey. Oh, okay. the humanity. humanity. Right. Okay. I know what you're talking about. So that was like eight, that was 800 feet long and about 135 feet in diameter. So it was probably about the size of that. I guess that's pretty big, but, they, but, you know, it was 10 miles in the, in the air. Um, the World Trade Center towers, mm-hmm. they were about 200 feet wide. You mean that's the width of the buildings? Yeah. So it's the width of one of the towers of the World Trade Center. Is that massive? Imagine if the balloon was flying up at 1,300 feet near the top of the former Twin Towers.
0: I got to say that using the Twin Towers to okay, I'm the just, width is I, like literally the least helpful size comparison I think I've ever heard in my life. Why? Because I ca- I have no sense of the actual width of those towers because the thing I think about with those towers is their height.
1: Don't do you remember the planes going into them and how yes. people f- thought that the planes looked so tiny because those towers were so large? But
0: well, that okay. So you're making the point that 200 feet wide is actually quite large
1: now, right? Uh, well, it wouldn't look large next to those buildings. I'm I, I'm just John, saying. Just, th- You're tying tying
0: yourself – you're running around in circles and tying yourselves in knots and bringing yourself to the verge of
1: tears because you refuse to to admit that the Chinese
0: balloon is large. Just say the Chinese balloon is is large. Wow. If you saw it, if it landed in your yard, you'd be screaming. You wouldn't be so cool like, oh, it's actually not that big. The Epcot uh, Spaceship Earth actually isn't that big. If that thing landed in your yard,
1: I'd love to see you react. You'd be crying and screaming like a little baby. Okay. So the Epcot, what did they say? It was 165 feet in diameter. Okay. The Smith Center, the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. Yeah. What do you think that is in diameter?
0: Well, which part of it? What are you talking about? The roof? The footprint? What are you talking about? The footprint. Oh, it's probably like 400 feet wide. It's big.
1: Yeah. So this is half the size of that
0: yes but the thing is it's fucking floating in the air which makes it seem 50 times bigger than maybe it would be if it was land-based when something is in
1: the air it it looks gigantic not when it's 10 feet in the air or well yeah when it when it's 10 miles in the air never mind
0: i don't want to talk about this anymore your disrespect for these chinese balloons is driving me crazy i think these balloons are terrific and i and i think they're so big
1: you're right the
0: I I love these balloons and I think they're big balloons. And it doesn't mean that I don't love America because I'll always love America more than China. But I will admit that these are some big, big old balloons. These are some big boys they got flying around. (laughs) China sent their big boys.
1: Carl writes, and I've enjoyed your podcast for the last couple of years. I'm sure others have already written on this topic. I'm not sure they have. Uh, but I feel that you must correct the record regarding John's mistaken claim that the recent Chinese spy balloon shootdown was the, quote, first air to air combat kill over the continental United States. This is not the first time that our great nation has been attacked by foreign balloons. I, I did know this. I refer, of course, to the Japanese balloon bombing campaign of 1944 to 1945, during which, during which the Japanese sent thousands of balloons armed with incendiary bombs across the Pacific in an unsuccessful attempt to burn our Western forests. American censors, fearing a national panic, suppressed reports of the balloon bombs until well after the war. So the attacks remain little known to this day.
0: I had to- never heard of this in my life. This is yeah, crazy. It is crazy. Um, Sending balloons over the Pacific Ocean? Yeah. It was,
1: yeah. Uh, it's pretty creative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty short trip for a balloon.
1: Yeah. So two of the Japanese balloons, now this I did not know, were shot down by American fighters over the continental U.S. on February 23rd, 1945, and on March 22nd, 1945, respectively. If you are willing to accept that shooting down an unmanned balloon with no defensive armament counts as air-to-air combat... This question is perhaps best left to the philosophers. Then the first air-to-air combat kill over the continental U.S. took place on February 23rd, 1945, in the skies near Calistoga, California. Hmm. Now, I did not know that. I knew that some of these landed in weird places. And I think there was one case, maybe it was in like Oregon or Washington or something, where a sheriff chased down one of them and grabbed hold of it, and ended up going for a little ride at one point. Really? I could, I could be a ride on up. a Japanese
0: I'm, bomber balloon? Some,
1: something like that. Yeah. Trying to, to, to get a hold of it. Um, I feel like someone may have even been injured.
0: Well, John, I would say that if you're considering that balloon shoot down that happened over Myrtle Beach, an air-to-air combat kill, you have to consider these Japanese balloons an air-to-air combat kill. Absolutely. We stand corrected. Or should I say we float corrected like a newly chastened weather balloon? How about that?
1: hmm mm-hmm. John and David here with some big news. <laughs> we are thrilled to announce that Broomfitters.com is now the official curling outfitter of election profit makers. Yes. Now it says here that I'm supposed to give some personal experience. And I don't actually have any yet, but I but I will. By the I next do
0: because I did my damn homework. I went to the website, John, and looked at all the cool gear. We're just they have. looking at it, that's a personal experience. Look, that's you an know, authentic experience. They can I don't tell you just what? have the brooms and the equipment. They also have like hats and and long sleeve T shirts, and they even have hoodies, which you know, John, is yeah. my favorite mode of self expression is to wear a hoodie. So, my personal experience with BroomFitters.com is one, uh, a position of profound gratitude for being our number one curling supplying website sponsor. Yes. And number two, looking at all their stuff and doing a little window shopping about what kind of curling swag I'm going to get. They even have hats, John, with the, um, the little stone on it. You know how the stone has that funny handle on top? Looks like some yeah. kind of funny brush.
1: You know, you have to be a part of the culture, the ice culture, and mm. this week I watched the stadium series, NHL Stadium Series, between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals. It was right here in Raleigh, in Carter-Finley Stadium. There were 57,000 people that watched an outdoor hockey event, so that, I'm trying to tie that to curling and that, some stuff.
0: Way. That's good stuff. It's both ice-based pastimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that got me just in the mood for ice and and curling and things like that. And so I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to broomfitters.com/epm. Here we go. And I'm going to enter the promo code EPM at checkout. 5% of the purchase will actually go to support the National Network of Abortion Funds. So if you buy one of these hats or toboggans or or what have you, 5% of the funds will go to the National Network of Abortion Funds at abortionfunds.org.
0: If you use promo
1: code EPM,
0: or go to the URL broomfitters.com. That's right.
1: That's broomfitters.com/slash/epm for good curling gear.
0: John, we got um we got a letter with a lot of attitude from a listener in Philadelphia who's mad that we, he says we've never talked about the Philadelphia skyline. He accuses us of snobbery. Um. And he wants to make a case for Philadelphia because uh, the city hall is the largest freestanding masonry building in the world. Did not know that. That's impressive. And he says for a long time, it was the only interesting tall building in the world. That's a bold claim. Then he talks about the most recent tall building in Philadelphia, the Comcast Technology Center. And then he talks about the fact that there's a statue of William Penn welded to the top of
1: it. Yeah. And the reason why they did that is I think at one point they had built something taller than the city hall and they hadn't welded uh, a William Penn to it. And then they lost in the Super Bowl. So they, you know, they had a, they were superstitious and they made sure to do that in this case. Not that it helped them in the last few weeks, but.
0: So William, this Philadelphia native whose, whose attitude is probably only worse after the Super Bowl because Philadelphia lost the Super Bowl, John. Yeah, they did. He concludes his correspondence by saying, Philadelphia's skyline is beautiful and better than anything in the country.
1: It's a great skyline. It is a bit of a Uh, Uh Johnny-come-lately for a long time. Philadelphia did not have a great skyline. And I do think Philadelphia does get overshadowed, uh, obviously, because it's so close to New York. But another thing got me thinking, the reason why Philadelphia is not, the skyline gets overshadowed is because you do not have to drive through Philadelphia to get to New York. Huh. You go through DC, you go through Baltimore, the New Jersey Turnpike. You just don't have to go through Philadelphia. So, unless you are going to Philadelphia, you're just not going to see that amazing skyline. Interesting. Which it is. It's it's, you know, it's definitely in the top 10.
0: We just want to reassure all our Philly listeners that we do like the Philly skyline. You guys can all you can you guys can all take a deep breath. We like Philadelphia Skyline and we like Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a world-class city.
1: When's the last time you were in Philadelphia?
0: It was within the last five years, huh. I think. Yeah. It was within the last five or six years. Yep.
1: I think I've been like once in my entire life.
0: It's really cool. It's fun. It's, I know. You can, you can walk around it does, and it does have cool buildings. Yeah. John, two weeks from tonight. Wait, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Oh, boy. Tuesday, the 21st of
1: February. Two weeks from tonight, John, where will we be? We're going to be in Gainesville, Florida, the home of the University of Florida, and the home of Satchel's Pizza.
0: 8 p.m. at Satchel's Pizza. Join us in helping Satchel celebrate the 20th anniversary of his pizza parlor, a live episode of Election Profit Makers recorded live on the scene at satchel's pizza we're going to have some skyline and guitar pedal trivia we're going to have some amazing outfits the fit check for all you fashion heads who listen to us is going to be outstanding we've ordered our special wardrobe for the event satchel has promised surprises i'm not sure what those are and um, we'll also do an audience q a we hope that you will all be there we hope you've already booked your flights from all around the country and all around the world. You've already rented your Japanese and Chinese spy bomber balloons and we'll be making your way across the Pacific Ocean to Gainesville. Yeah. Actually, you couldn't get to Gainesville from the Pacific Ocean, could you? It'd be really
1: hard. Sure. Yeah.
0: Fly over the Atlantic instead. That's not how the weather works. Tuesday, March 7th. Balloons. Satchel's come. pizza.
1: Got to I'm sorry, of, John, what? No, you got to come out of the west. That's just how the okay. weather Unless it's a hurricane.
0: Tuesday, March 7th, Satchel's Pizza, 8 p.m. We'll see you there. John, we got a lot of listeners sending in um, names of people that are based on names of places with spaces inserted, inspired by Melbourne, which is a city in Australia, but also the name of a man, the stage name of a man in the Hollywood. A lot of these are not really working for me. That like Melbourne really does look like a person's name. A lot of these ones, I don't know. You don't like Al Tuna? Al Tuna, uh, I guess it's okay. Tuna doesn't seem like a real last name though, you know? What about Sal Tlake City? Yeah. Does that seem like a normal last name? Yeah, that's Tlake City. Yeah. Yeah, No, I like Bo Older for Boulder. I think that's great. I okay. I wouldn't look to tw- if I saw Bo Older as a name. I don't think I would think twice. Stanford Ford, obviously Stanford. That one mm-hmm. works. Monte Ray for Monterey. I guess mm-hmm. that works, right? Waltham, Ann Arbor. Well, you can't really do that because it already has a space in it. Mm-hmm. Jack Sunville. Almost Jacksonville becoming Jack Sunville almost works. I guess my favorite is mobile. That's funny. Mobile. Right. Yeah. I think they pronounce it. Beal. Mobile. Oh, right. Bile. Right. Beal. Dave N Port for Davenport. That one's good. I like Dave N Port. I could see yeah. that. And Anaheim. That one works. It's tricky, though. Anyway, thanks to everyone who sent in their their um, contributions. Yeah. I can't believe how congested I still am. Am I going to be congested forever? Every day no. I wake up, if I'm still congested, I'm like, is this long COVID? Do I have long COVID? I'm terrified. No, of
1: no. I, I mean, a typical, fog. a typical cold will last for 10 days. So oh. you came down with COVID when?
0: I got it a week ago Sunday. So this okay. is day nine. So see,
1: yeah. Yeah. If in 3 or 4 days you are still having symptoms then you definitely have long covid. Seriously? I mean maybe. Don't say that. I don't I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it until you're a couple 3 weeks out. All right. And if you're still having symptoms, all right? I'm going to wear my mask forever and ever from now well, on. Well, apparently after you have it, you're more susceptible. And so you should be wearing your ma- Like people who say, I've already had COVID and I don't need to wear a mask. Apparently, if you've already had COVID, then you really do need to wear a mask. This may be interesting. all interesting. But this is just what I saw.
0: What is COVID? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, it's been three years- We've had this thing around for three years, and now I have it, and I have no idea what to expect. How is that possible? Yeah. Is it just that, like, I never read about it? Because COVID can be so different for different people, you know? I was talking to another friend who had it around the same time as me, and he he said that the skin hurt when the light hit it. I was like, what are you talking about? What are you, Spider-Man? What are you, a Marvel superhero? Your skin hurt when the light's on your skin? What is COVID? What is it?
1: well, I think it's different for different people. It depends on the viral uh, load that you get, and it depends on whatever version of it you get. You know, like when my parents got it the first time, they got something completely different than everyone else because they hadn't been vaccinated. So now right. we're all vaccinated, so we're supposed to be getting a lesser form of it. Um, I don't know what I it know. is. It's crazy. I think it's some kind of virus. It was interesting at first. COVID? Yeah. Remember those early days? It was kind of fascinating. It was scary, but I was like, well, it was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. It was a massive pandemic. It killed a million people in America. That's a lot yeah. of people. That's wild. A it's million people. It's still killing people.
1: a lot of yeah. people. But uh, for some reason, I don't find it as interesting. Maybe it's kind of like after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and you were like, man, this World War II is kind of interesting. You uh-huh. Know? Remember when everyone said that? And then by the time you got to like the Battle of the Bulge, you're like, man, this is getting over it long. Yeah. Um, Okay. Was that a good analogy? That was good.
0: Yeah. I'm going to keep all that. I'm not, I'm going to cut all that. Uh. John, it's time for a UNC sports update. Ah, sounds like there was some rough times down Carolina way. Why don't you give us a brief
1: summary? Well, the UNC men's basketball went over to NC State and lost in a must win game. The UNC women lost to the NC State women. The UNC club hockey team lost to the NC State uh, team. And uh, I mean, it was just a losses all around. Uh, it looks like UNC is going to be the first preseason number one men's basketball team since the field expanded to 64 teams in 1985 that will miss. The NCAA tournament. That's Not incredible. a guarantee, but I'd say it's 85% likely at this point. Even I can appreciate how
0: interesting that statistic is. It's a little it's, bit interesting. It's yeah. horrible.
1: Uh, so if Carolina runs the table on the next four games, they've got Notre Dame in South Bend tomorrow night. Uh, Notre Dame is like 10 and 17. They're not good at all this year. So UNC should be able to handle that. They probably won't though. Uh, And if they lose that, they are without a doubt out. They need to win the next four. Thank you. You're welcome. Before we go, I want
0: to say to all the new Patreons, I was laid up with COVID last week, but um, stickers and welcome packages will be going out this week. So if you haven't gotten your stickers yet, sit tight. They're coming. You read it. Read what? The credits? Yeah. All right. I'll do it. That'll be exciting. It'll be something different. That'll show our listeners that they never know what to expect election profit makers is an independent production we welcome your support on patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com if you want to advertise with us email contact at election we are still hungrily soliciting advertisers if you have placed an ad and haven't heard it yet rest assured it's on an upcoming episode We just don't want to wear out our listeners with advertising. My name, of course, is Kid Midas, the original wave rider. Battling COVID down, beating it into submission, I will triumph. And um, I've been joined this week by none other than Long John Silver, John Kimball, my old friend. John, it's been a pleasure, as always, speaking to you.
1: Uh, You as well. I hope you continue to feel better. Thank you. And to all our listeners,
0: we hope you continue to feel better as well. Bye. Goodbye
1: uh david dude in uh two weeks two weeks
0: is a live show in florida so don't forget to remind the listeners to gas up the car put air in the tires uh figure out how to get down here i got a big surprise i got a couple small surprises we're gonna have satchel's pizza trading cards um you can you can trade trade cards of your favorite kitchen or uh servers or bartenders Uh, got some live music got a live podcast uh it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be big time dude so yeah
1: bro tell the people remind them remind them about it it's coming up